Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are back for part two of our season review for the 2018-19 Premier League season. Dave, it's been a long time since we've chatted, uh, so absolutely a pleasure to get you back on. Tell the folks where they can find you. I'm Phil Index, I'm Phil Index.com, uh, I'm Phil Pro, I'm Phil Index Pro. Lots and lots of Liverpool stuff. Lots of other stuff as well, like music, TV, film, other sports. We cover it all. Um, we think we do it pretty well as well. Yeah. So there's something for everybody, even if you're not a Liverpool fan. Yeah, in particular, I'm a fan of the the baseball show. Um, Armando and Justin are really great guys. Uh, but uh, enough uh, flirting with them. <laughs> we'll move back uh, to the Premier League and just get going again. The first show, about an hour and a half. We'll try to keep this one to that range again. Although I do remember when we started this show all the way back in 2013, um, there was a show that was so long that Gag said that he left uh, his wife who was watching a movie to go listen to the show and that her movie ended before the podcast. Mm. So we will try to not do that to all of you out there. But obviously, with a full season review, all 20 clubs, which is what we're bringing you, there's obviously plenty to talk about. And Leicester, of course, were no different this season. Um, They go through a very weird year where they start with Claude Puel. The fans want him out, just like the Southampton fans did. I've never seen a manager that's so pretty good be so hated by his own fans wherever he goes. It's simply a stylistic thing, but they pull off huge results, beating City, beating Chelsea. Um, but a, a long stretch of results through January and February end up getting him the sack. They bring in your favorite manager, Brendan yes. Rodgers. <laughs> um, but uh, all of that is is the kind of superficial stuff, because what's really happening at Leicester underneath all of that is genuinely terrific um, for Leicester fans and really for the sport of football. This is how clubs should be built is what they're doing right now with their young core that they have right now. Um, you add to the already huge amount of young players at the at the club. You've brought through Chilwell. You brought through Gray. I think they bought Ndidi, if memory serves. Um, they bought Ihenacho. That didn't really work. But then you bring in Pereira and Madison in the summer. Both of them were great. If you're brought from those clubs, Pereira from Porto, Madison from the championship, you'd expect them to need about a year or so to really embed themselves in. Nope, immediately key players for Leicester and playing at an incredibly high level. I think Madison finished the year with the most chances created. He, I think it, so, It yeah. was like him and Hazard neck and neck there towards the end of the season, but I think he nipped it at the end, <laughs> but had something like 10 fewer assists or some nonsense. Um, 
But they were both really, really fantastic for them. You add that they brought back Barnes in January, which kind of condemned West Brom. Sorry, Dan Watts, that kind of sucked. <laughs> but he stepped in. He was obviously a force for them on the left. Uh, they still had to kind of mix between all Brighton and Gray. Gray wasn't as involved. Didn't take quite the step forward we thought he'd make this year. But there's still time for that uh, to come about. But like we said, you have all of those players: Barnes, Gray, and Didi, Madison, Pereira, Chilwell. Um, they also have a Soyanku at the back. Like this is just a mm. very, very good young core coming through. But even even Harry Maguire is only what twenty four. Yeah, he's not and out of that window. Him he's at the top of that. Got, yeah, they got him from a team that was relegated, and he's probably sixty million in today's market because he's English. So yeah, and they'll either again, keep him or get a crap load of money. And they've shown that they are super great at investing right now. Yeah. Um, the only two potential issues looking forward are forward, because Vardy is one of the few elder statesmen at the club. There's no reason to get rid of him right now. He's at the level of your club, starting to dip just a little below it, I think, next season. Um, and so you probably want somebody younger that fits that that talent schedule that you currently have. Um, it was supposed to be Hianacho, but man, has that just plummeted. Um, so you, you probably have to bring somebody else in there. And in goal, Schmeichel's getting up there in age as well. Maybe take a gamble on somebody young. Um, to at least start backing up now. But, like, legitimately, those are the only two holes I see. Johnny Evans probably played a couple too many matches. But aside from that, I mean, they are set up so, so well for the future. I'm not sure if Rodgers is the guy to do it moving forward, but I think he could easily get them to the next stage. Um, they might not... Actually, this is this is a really good question. How did you view, in his time at Liverpool, he was with getting youngsters to that next level, getting them from emerging talents to just talents? Um, Not particularly good, being honest. I mean... Sterling was kind of an outlier, yeah? Sterling is an outlier, but Sterling is an exceptional case. I don't know if any of the Leicester players are Raheem Sterling's. There's certainly none of them that are Phil Coutinho's. Those two players were also helped massively by having Luis Suarez playing out of his mind at a level that was probably matched only by Leo Messi for 18 months there, um, and having Steven Gerrard in midfield as well, even though he was past his best, just as a kind of a role model and and, an on-field coach, helped them massively. When Suarez was gone and Gerrard was in the team less, both of those players suffered massive drop-offs in the 14-15 season. Um, Both of them were distinctly average in that season. And both of them improved greatly once Brendan Rodgers, or well, in Sterling's case, once he left, in Coutinho's case, once Rodgers left. Um, so I don't think he's a particularly good uh, developer of young players. When I look at what he did at Celtic, I don't think he's developed any young player there and made them better. I think you look at Kieran Tierney, who's an exceptionally good young defender, and I feel he's kind of stagnated under Rodgers. Um so yeah, I I, I don't think it's the right. It does for sure, but it doesn't help Celtic's case. And as as an Irishman, Celtic are always on in my thoughts. So uh, I wasn't too happy with how he did did with him. But look, Pule is the, the, the whole thing with Club Pule. I just don't don't know what it is. Like I think teams or fans can accept playing his style of football if you're winning things, uh, but not if you're mid-table or you know lower half mid-table mm. uh, and the reality is that at Leicester and at Southampton mid-table lower half mid-table or look kind of top side of the the low end of the table 
that's where you belong. Like you, you, you need to get it out of your head that just because you won one title that you belong in the, the title challenge every year. Um, I, I think Puel is a better manager than Rogers. I think tactically he's a better manager. Rogers plays obviously far more entertaining football, but he's he's quite poor tactically. I think he's been exposed. Anytime he's been in Europe, he's always been exposed um, as a poor tactician. Tactician when Suarez wasn't playing out of his mind. He got exposed as a poor tactician at Liverpool as well. So I don't know that he's the one to take them forward, but he'll certainly talk a good game anyway. Um, you're right in what you say are their needs. They definitely need to look at successors for Vardy and Schmeichel. I think they also need to look for a right winger because I think Gray is talented, but for now he's not at the level required to start on a regular basis. And all Brighton is like Vardy and, and like Schmeichel, he's passed his best years and I think it's time to look to bring someone else in in that role. Um, and the other thing I think they need is a partner for Wilfred Ndidi in, in the central midfield. There's a chance that it's Hamza Chowdhury, but I think yeah. Chowdhury's still, a, he's, I think he's still a, a level below what they need. So, like, if you were to say to me that next season we'll see Leicester line up 4-2-3-1 with Ndidi and a schemer next to him, and then Madison is a 10, Barnes from the left, a new right winger to offer pace and real width, mm-hmm. and Vardy up front. I, I'd say that they've done well there. That's that's them addressing their needs. And the obvious thing is they do, they've had Yuri Thielmans on loan for the season, or for half the season rather, but given there's recent interest from Spurs, recent interest from Man United, I would imagine Monaco might be interested in just rolling the dice from again. There'll be other clubs will be in from. I don't think yeah. he's going to stay at Leicester. Um, which is unfortunate for them, but I do think the odds of him staying at Leicester are way higher now than they were two weeks ago. Just because the the targets of United and Tottenham seem to be going different directions, and obviously any team would be lucky to have Tielemans. At one point during his run at Leicester, I said, "Pay whatever it takes mm. um, to get him in," because um, he does so much in midfield. Yeah. <laughs> but if if <laughs> if we're talking about the possibility of getting Lachelso and and Dombele. like that's just mm. like Tielemans yeah, is fantastic, not, but but he's you're not, not he's not on their level, right? Well, well, he could Lichelso, be. I think he I think Tielemans long term I think will be the better player, but Lachelso is, is more is more what you need. Yes, um, for United, I mean, there's talk that they're in for Bruno Fernandez. He's already turned them down. I don't think he's going to go there. They've no Champions League football to offer him. Why would he go there? I'm, I'm um, going to be honest with you. I genuinely think every single story about Bruno Fernandez right now is his agent. Yeah, it is. There's I don't only one club that of I know of that's interested in him, and that's my club. Um, I know he, he. I know he definitely turned down City, and I know they then ran a story through through their little minions in the Manchester Evening News that they weren't in from, but they definitely were in from. But he turned them down because he he didn't see a, a, a spot for himself in their team because well they've got Kevin De Bruyne and they've got. David Sylvan, they've got Bernardo Sylvan, they've got all these other really good players. So there was no spot for him. But um, and any interest from us is just teasing to get the Lasso yeah, price down. Of course. Um, but if you couldn't get Endon Belly, then Yuri Thielmans would make a whole bunch of sense. Mm. You play play him and a little Lacelso more attacking as, of the two. That's but... two of a three. Yeah, more attacking, but can do a lot of the defensive work as mm-hmm. well. He's obviously, he can play all three midfield positions. Yeah. Dan Kennett, who's our lead analyst on AI for statistical analysis, he absolutely loves the player. 
and says that he ticks all the boxes. And if you look at his his shots, he'd just be a better genie long term. Yeah, that's exactly it. If that attacking midfield role that we need to fill, um, that was our weakness this season, I think he would be a great fit because when he was at Anderlecht and had that role, I think he got 17 goals in his last season there as a 19-year-old. When he played the games there for Monaco, he was much improved in how he was defensively. So um, he's a very good player and can play in a bunch of positions, but I don't think Leicester will keep him. Do you know... I, you guys wouldn't sell him, but I actually think I think Winks would be the perfect player. Oh, for that, yeah, for that mold. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, and Ndidi as a two, I think you get great balance, and then you free Madison to play off that platform. I think that would be a perfect midfield trio. Harvey Barnes, I, 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 fantastic player. I really, really rate him. I think he's going to be great off the left. Barnes and then or just, D- Dan James long term. Oh, Barnes, okay. and I, I don't even think it's close. I genuinely don't mm. think it's close. I think Barnes has so much more to his game. I think James relies far too much on his pace. And I don't know that he produces nearly enough. His championship return wasn't good enough for me to be wanting to move to a club like Man United. Now, he would have been a good fit at Leicester in the right wing role that we're talking about them yeah. needing someone for. He would have been a really good fit there. Um, that would but, have been terrifying. The amount of yeah. pace in that front line would have been just nuts. Yeah, so... But, you know, like Leicester have done so well. I mean, they obviously, they overcame an enormous tragedy this season as well. Yes. Um, a horrendous thing that happened there. But I, I think they're so well run. Um, I, I just think they've done their credit to everybody involved and how they've run the club over the last few years and the way they've spotted talent and developed them. It's just, it's brilliant to see. And I actually think this Leicester team... With another year's pro- like development progression, if they all stick together, including Chilwell and Maguire, and if they can add a couple more, I think they can actually have a better team than the team that won the league. But they won't get close to winning the league because the league right. is so much stronger now. Totally agree, and both of us, uh, I'm sure, kicking ourselves that we didn't invest as heavily in Chilwell as we could have at the time, because um, would have solved both of our issues there, both for you with depth and. <laughs> Probably would be starting for us. But enough uh, talking about trying to poach us players. They, they have a terrific young core that, there. And if they can keep it together, like you said, they'd be right there in that pack for probably getting one of those top six spots if Chelsea do indeed fall out. And I wouldn't say United look like they're set for a particularly great season either. But time will tell on that, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. But, Dave, enough talking about clubs that aren't Liverpool, because now it's time to talk about Liverpool. Your thoughts on this season, sir? Well, it's very hard to give it anything other than an A+++++++ because 97 points, I think only City in the last two years and maybe one Chelsea team have done that. So we're the only team to do it while staying within the rules of the game. Um, City obviously have broken (laughs) all the rules over the last two, and they have. And there's no point in denying it or beating around it. They have. We'll get to it when we discuss them. I'm not taking the title away from them or saying they didn't deserve it because they did. This is the best points tally by anybody who's actually played within the rules and not had a mega billionaire investing in the club and just buying success. We've actually built our team through, you know, being really clever and smart and doing things the right way. Um, Look, we won the Champions League. So we won the biggest prize in football. 
And if you ask anybody who works for Manchester City, they would swap all three of their titles for our Champions League title. So, you know, it, it it's the most important and biggest trophy in the game. And we won it. And we can load it over everybody. And you guys can load getting to the final over everybody. The only club that can mock you is us. And we're not going to do that because Spurs and Liverpool aren't really rivals. And There's it was you last a- year. Yeah, exactly. And like I said to you before we came on out, you said you don't think Spurs can get back to the final again. I disagree because I thought Liverpool wouldn't after last year, and we did, and we won it. So, um, uh, you know, it's it's it, we we had an incredible season. We still have some weaknesses and some issues that we need to address. Um, we need to be better in January and February. We can't afford dips like we had this season and last season. Last season, it almost cost us top four. This season, it, it did cost us the title. We should have won the title. We lost one game all year in the Premier League. We should have won the Premier League title, and we didn't. Um, and that will never not be hard to take. But winning the Champions League does make up for it. So, yeah, it's an, it's an incredible year for us. We have, um, we have a number of more experienced players leaving the club this summer and some big earners that need to leave the club this summer. Um, we know that Sturridge is gone. Moreno is gone. Mignolet will likely leave. Klein will likely leave. Lovren will likely leave. Lalana absolutely should leave despite his recent claims that he's been told he's got a, a big role to play next year. I mean, in, in truth, the chap has, he has more chance of replacing um, Theresa May as prime minister than he does of being a starter for Liverpool next year. Um, in terms of needs, we need a backup left back. We need a young kind of fourth choice centre back. We need a third, not a fourth attacker who can be maybe not on the level of our front three, but a level above Origi and Shakiri. Um, but our biggest need is an attacking midfielder. We have in Fabinho, <clears throat> in Fabinho, Naby Keita and Ginny Wijnaldum, we have three players who can play our two deeper roles really, really well. And Ginny can play both of them. Um, but the other midfield role is the problem. I mean, Henderson had some games there, largely garbage. A couple of good games, largely garbage. Milner was poor the vast majority of the season. Yet, if you were to read the English press, apparently he had a great season. But he was garbage from September, late September until the Barcelona home game. And then he was poor after that again. So I don't know where that came from. Oxlade-Chamberlain coming back will help. But we need to address that. We need we need a goal scoring midfielder. Um, Bruno Fernandez is the ideal fit for us. He in every way, in terms of the goals, the work rate, the style, everything he offers, he's the perfect fit for us. And like I say once again, as the European champions, um, it's an A plus 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 plus. <laughs> Do you think it's an A plus? Um, I just kind of feel like a jerk, but I've given you an A minus. Only because, only because of the Premier League. I know you had 97 points, but you getting, didn't get the trophy. And while you said Manchester City won the Champions League, wouldn't you have rather had the Premier League? Yeah, of course. But the, Okay, well, that, that's, but, that's but, all it but, is. But, but, but the Champions League is harder to win and is more important than the Premier League. It's just that we haven't won the Premier League in like 30 years. Mm-hmm. But if we had won the Premier League five years ago... Or six, you know, if we'd if we'd won it in thirteen fourteen when we bottled it under Rodgers and he threw it away against Chelsea, 
then we wouldn't care. We we just want the Champions League every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just because of our circumstances that we want the we want the Premier League. But well, European Cup is the it's one. Also, because of their circumstances that they want the whatever. It's because they're a small <laughs> club who have no European pedigree. <laughs> All right, I think I made my point through that disagreement. Um, so I do feel kind of like a jerk, but it, it just ever so mildly an A minus for me. And just the one thing I will say, and I will have so many people in my mentions for saying this: yes, you only lost one match, but you dropped points a lot of other times. Like I, I get it, I get that losing one match and not winning the title is frustrating, but you didn't lose one match and win thirty seven. I just feel like that needs to be said because so many people hammered that home. And just as a person that that works with statistics all the time, that is a very shaded argument. Mm. People make the argument that the reason we didn't win the league is because we lost to City at the Etihad. That's that's nonsense. Yep. We lost the league because we didn't beat United at Old Trafford, even though they're garbage. We didn't beat Everton at Goodison, even though they're garbage. We didn't beat Leicester at Anfield. We didn't beat West Ham in mm-hmm. West Ham. Like we, we drop points against teams that we should have absolutely annihilated. Um, and that's why we didn't win the league. It's not just the Manchester City game. Because believe me, if it was, I would already have hunted down and killed Dejan Lovren for the mistakes he made that caused <laughs> us to win that day. But it wasn't that game that cost the, it was the others. The draws. Like if you look at your team. You lost 13 games in the league this year. Which like, is that's, ridiculous. That's a shambles. An yeah. absolute shambles. But two draws. I, I can't relate to losing 13 games. And the teams below you only lost 10. But yeah, like you say, you only drew twice. So you won 23 games. We lost one, but we drew seven. And we won 30. City lost four, but they drew two and won 32. So they beat us by a point. Draws just suck points, man. That's it. You're better off. Mourinho had a quote to what I think you're about to say, almost exactly, which was that I'd rather lose two and win two than draw. Yeah, than draw Obviously. four. Of course. Absolutely. But it's the same. Like if, if, I, if Liverpool play two games and win one and lose one, and Spurs play two games and draw them both, we still have more points than you, even though you're unbeaten. So mm-hmm. Yeah. You it's know, why it's, like Arsenal's 22 unbeaten run this year was like, okay. Yeah. Do you know, because there was like 15 draws or whatever it was in it, like, and nobody was all that impressed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think an A minus is a bit of a dick move now. <laughs> I will say, I mean, you, you could say an A. Well, I gave I gave City an A, and they want to treble. City have got to be an A plus, though. Okay, all right. Well, hey, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm glad that we established that then, because that's why I did that. The reason I gave Liverpool an A minus is because I gave City an A, and I based it on that. But if you, I could just be too negative. Better, we had a better season than them, though. Like, let's take out the domestic cups because no one cares about that. You had a more surprising season. No, we had a better season. They got ninety eight points and got knocked out in the quarterfinals of Champions League by you. We got ninety seven points and won the Champions League, beating you in the final. We definitely had a better season. They also won two other trophies, man. No, they they're Mickey Mouse cups, and look who they beat (laughs) in the Emmerdale Cup. If you if you had had their season and City had won the Champions League, you would definitely be saying the same thing right now. No, because I don't I don't want those domestic cups. We have loads of them. We (laughs) they're for like Arsenal to win. You know, they're they're below us. A couple of years ago, I would have taken them, but not now. (laughs) 
Fair enough. Jurgen has no time for days out at Wembley. <laughs> well, fortunately, this whole debate dovetails excellently into the fact that alphabetically, City are right after Liverpool. Um, yeah. I gave them an A. To Dave's point, I should have just given them an A+, plus so that I could have given Liverpool an A. Um, for City... I, I wanted to actually give them the A- minus because of the Champions League exit that you're uh, mentioning. But how do you give an A- to a team that wins a treble? Like, I know that apparently you massively disrespect the FA Cup and the League Cup, much like Pochettino. But it's still something that hasn't happened in a long time. They maintain the Premier League title, something that no one's done in the last decade. And they did it with far worse circumstances than last year. I am so much more impressed by what they did this year than last year. Not touching on any of the off... <laughs> ownership stuff um, because of the De Bruyne injury. I mean, they went out and bought Bernardo Silva last year and everyone was like, why? And this mm. year was why. If they had anyone go down in the attacking group, Bernardo Silva could step in and be a legitimate player of the year candidate for me. Yeah, sensational. <laughs> like like um, Richard, who comes on um, as our city guest, literally picked Bernardo Silva as the City Player of the Year, despite it being Sterling that was touted for both. And some of that, to be fair, was how he handled a lot of negative media, which he did brilliantly, and I don't want to take that away from him. And his on-pitch performance was incredible. Like, like I, I cannot stress how much I am not trying to demean Sterling by saying this. But if Sterling had gotten hurt and Sané had played all those matches, they would have been similarly good. Yeah. If De Bruyne got hurt and they didn't have Bernardo Silva, they would have finished third. Yeah. You know what um, I mean? Look, let's let, let's let's address the point you just made. Raheem Sterling 100% won his award because of the media stuff because he wasn't City's best player, yeah. and despite the best season, but he was so career, good still. But his numbers are worse than Mo Salah's, who apparently had a down year. So you mm. know we'll have that. Virgil Van Dijk, by far and away by a country mile, the footballer of the year, the best player in England this season. Not even close. There's nobody on his level. But the second best player in the league this season, without question for me, is Bernardo Silva. What a wonderful, wonderful footballer. And it's not just the incredible ability on the ball. It's not just the creativity, the vision, the dribbling and all that kind of stuff. It's the work rate. It's the absolute dogged, run yourself into the ground work rate that that guy has that you just don't see normally in players of his ilk and if you're seeing it after he got paid which is an undermentioned thing because a lot of players put in that effort at a low level they get a big contract and they relax he is still chasing it like he's playing for his meal yeah well that's because he wants to move to a big club next (laughs) bernardo silva to to liverpool you heard it here first no he wants to go to barca he wants to go to real but he wants to move to a big club um no i'm joking it's it's fantastic to see, but he's not the only one. We've seen it there. David Silva on crazy money, earning it every week. Sergio Aguero the same. All of those players at City, and this is to massively to to Guardiola's credit, and before him, um, to uh, Pellegrino, mm-hmm. Pellegrini, uh, to his yeah. Pellegrini, Pellegrino's the, the other one that was at Southampton and got sacked. Um, to their credit, they have motivated their teams to all buy in. And give everything for the squad. And and Bernardo Silva, if, if I could have one player from City, it would be him. And I love Leroy Sané. And I love Raheem Sterling. And I wish we hadn't ever lost Raheem. But Bernardo Silva is just mind blowing, as they say. Yeah. Um, he's, he's phenomenal. And yeah, the domestic treble is amazing. No one's ever done it before. But the Emmerdale Cup, as Mark Oldbridge calls it, is not worth 
is not really worth considering. Look and and let's let's look at who they beat in their runs to the final. Not a single top True. four. We had much harder runs in literally every competition. Yeah, like they're they're even the Champions League run until they play. You're the you were the first decent team they played, and they the were Champions. happy that we were the ones they drew. Yeah, you know they didn't want us. They definitely didn't want us. No. Um, but yeah, they, I mean they had easy runs. It was very reminiscent of the Ferguson years when they would get the easy draw all the time. Um, but it you can't like I'm not taking the league away from them, despite. All the cheating and stuff, that doesn't affect what actually happens on the pitch. And those players went out week after week after week and won football matches. And for the last, what, 14 games in a row they won or 15 games to close the title out, it was incredible. Yeah, and they literally had to win every one of those. Yeah, because we were winning and winning and winning. Mm-hmm. I think they thought we'd fall away and we didn't. And credit to them. they credit they to were, both, to be fair. Yeah, they were magnificent. And they deserved their title. And 98 points is a great achievement. Um and it'll be interesting to see if they can do it again next year. My guess is no. My guess is no as well. And I also, I also think we will see them focus more on the Champions League. I think that is where Perhaps. their focus will go. Because I would guess next year is probably Guardiola's last year at mm-hmm. City. I don't see. Because next year is the last year of his contract. And I don't see him staying beyond his contract. Because he, he's, do he's never he done that. he goes to Italy to complete the big four? Do you think he goes back to Barca? I think he goes to Italy to complete, complete the four, and then he goes back to Barca because he's still a young man. Like he's yeah. not, well, he's in his mid forties, so he's plenty of time and go back and basically just become Cruyff and just you know be omnipotent at at Barca and just run everything and do it all and and change you know set the next generation fifty years of Barca yeah. up you know because that's think I think that's what his ultimate purpose in in the game is is to basically set barcelona up for the next 20 30 40 years and yeah. he's he's a he's a manager like he is a genius and there's people out there that say he's a checkbook manager and all this all this nonsense all garbage he's he's the best manager in the world he just is mm. he's phenomenal um all the silly people in the media who said he wouldn't be able to come to England and do what he did they they should all be you know laughed out of, out of their jobs um I think he's overspent on fullbacks I will say that and we'll I have think, to again <laughs> to I lead into my next point the 50 million on Kyle Walker was money poorly spent the 50 million on Mendy was definitely money poorly spent there's talk of Joe Cancelo from Juventus for 45 million or something silly Nuts, sixty million for Chilwell. He, he's very good, but he's not sixty million. He's home um, We need that. Yeah, well, that's it. But I just buy another cheap player. It, it, there's loads of buy English. Scott Sinclair again. <laughs> yeah, but you, do you know there's loads of like the reason they bought Fabian Dalf was because he was British, and then he turned out to be a pretty important player for them for last season, at least if not this season. Um, in terms of needs, they need a centre back. That's their need. They need someone to come in and partner. You want, you want somebody Port. besides Stones of the Port? You think that's their biggest need? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I think... They played Zinchenko for like 20 matches at left back. And he played well, though. But he's he's a good footballer. He's not a left back. There is He's definitely not a left back. But he's a good footballer. And City have so much of the ball that their fullbacks don't get tested a lot. There's not many teams in England that put it up to City. Most teams turn up, have a look, and think, if we don't get beaten 3-0, we've done well here. 2-0 defeat, we'll head home happy. And there's a lot of that. There's an awful lot of Premier League teams take that approach. 
I think they could do with a new left back, but like Be- Mendy is very good if he could just stay fit. Zinchenko is good. Delph can play there. They have the Neo. I think the biggest need, well, like the most important player for them, I think, in the last ten games was Company. Yeah, and he's gone. That Leicester goal is just absurd. Oh, it makes me cry every time I see it. Um, like I, I just, I, I'm not a John Stones fan defensively. I think he's fairly poor. Well, yesterday wouldn't have helped your opinion. <laughs> no, definitely not. And like Otamendi is is just one of those who can look brilliant for about. Otamendi has games. to play thirty matches to be good. If that makes sense, yeah. like you he, can't he, chop and change him because he's such no, a confidence he plays player. His way into form. That's it. He plays his way into form, and it takes him a long time to get there. And once he gets there. He's really good. Yeah. But it takes him a long time to get there. Uh, if I was them, I would if I was them, I would be spending all my money on Matthias Delict, but I don't think they'll get him, but <clears throat> I do think a center back is a big need for them. Yeah, Delict is far more interested in and this is literally not meant to offend history and project. And that is not really what's on offer at City at the moment. Um, he's one like this is a thing that I always think people forget about Ajax players, and I think it's why so many of them have ended up at Tottenham. Ajax players don't leave Ajax trying to win trophies. They've done it for however long they've been at Ajax. They look to places where they can continue to develop and continue to be key players. And I think that's one of the reasons why Delict is balking on Barcelona, because if Mtd can get his legs right, <laughs> there's not a starting spot there. But anyway. I digress. Manchester City, obviously, a fantastic season, winning the treble. I don't think they win the title next year. I'm loath to say it'll be Liverpool with Dave on, just because of how excited he'd get and we wouldn't finish this show. I will also say that Tottenham will be way closer to the top yes, two next season. I agree with that. We had a horrible year, and we will get to that in a bit. But speaking of, I don't know if horrible is the right word, but I'm sure you certainly enjoyed it. Oh, you, you already got to do Everton. You get to do United again. Yeah, I expect a similarly well. kind gift come December. What did you make of Manchester United season? This has worked out very, very well for me. I got Everton, I got Liverpool, and now I get United. Um... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I, I don't know, Kev. I... I... I think the players bailed on Mourinho and bought in on Ole. Temporarily. And, and then gave up on Ole after United had agreed to pay Molde 7 million for him and sign him to a big contract, 
which is most likely guaranteed because that's what United do. So they're stuck with him now. <clears throat> and I think if they could have a do-over, they'd absolutely want to go back and and do it over because Max Allegri's on the market now. And I think United would very happily take him. Um, there's there's major issues at United. And they've they've been there for a while. And people laughed at Mourinho when he said finishing second at United was one of his biggest achievements. Yeah. He may not have been telling lies. It may well have been because when you look at the at the squad, there's talent there for sure. But the goalkeeper was world class for a number of years and was the only thing that stopped them being a mid table team. And when he can no longer perform at a superhuman level, they've fallen back to being a mid table team. They have a very talented young right back in Delo who cannot get in the team. Um, because for some because reason, Antonio Valencia. Well, Anto- Antonio Valencia, Valencia Sar, who's never been a right back in his life, um, just played there and ran aimlessly in straight lines. And Ashley Young, who I just don't understand how this man is a at Manchester United to begin with, and b the captain of Manchester United. These are things I can't comprehend, but it reminds me of a number of years watching Liverpool where mediocrity was kind of ingrained in the squad and people thought they were important players. And there's a couple of them still at the club that people think are important. But for United, it's everywhere. Um, Like Luke Shaw at Southampton looked like he was going to be England's best left-back for a decade, maybe longer. If you were to ask anybody, would they rather have Luke Shaw or Ben Chilwell? Now, I don't think a single person would take Luke Shaw. He might be more talented. But Chilwell is a sure thing, and Shaw hasn't progressed at all since going to United. Lindelof has regressed, though he had a decent season, and I think next to the right partner could be very good for them. Uh, Bailly, massive drop-off from him this season, largely down to injuries. But the problem they have then is if those two aren't there, or if only one of them is there, you've got Chris Smalling and Phil Jones, who, again, the mediocrity that's ingrained in the club, they need to get rid of those two. They've given them both new contracts, and they're on massive money. They're there forever. The stadium will fall down. That that leak that they have in the roof will turn into corrosion, and the whole place will fall down. And Phil Jones and Chris Smalling will still be starting at centre-back. Um, in midfield, yeah. Matic is finished. Done. Game over. Call it a career. Move on. But he's still getting games. McTominay has the footballing ability of a chair. Um, Fred is about the fourth player bought to unlock Paul Pogba. And he can't pass the ball. He just can't. I don't know what's happened to him because when he was at Shakhtar Donetsk, he wasn't particularly good in the tackle, but he could pass the ball. Now at United, he's great in the tackle and can't pass the ball. Ander Herrera leaving is a big blow. But the money he wanted was silly, so they are right to move on from him. Also, can I just point out, he kind of became, um, I don't know, what's the word, an asshole the last two years he was there. But there was a period where he was the best pure passer of the ball in the Premier League, and I feel like a lot of people forget that. Yes, absolutely. But for some reason, his role became to be a man-marking... Grifter? It was weird. Yeah, like, you'll probably have to beep this, but a shithouse who just went around kicking people. Um, and that's a shame because, as you said, he was a very like 
when I when I look at Harry Winks, I see a young Ander Herrera. I'd that be very same pleased with type, that. But you just don't want Winks ID to become wise. what Herrera has yeah. become, you know? Um, he's, it'd be a big blow for them in terms of leadership and in terms of just having character and bottle in big games. Herrera always turned up in the big games. One of the biggest problems they have is Paul Pogba. He's a phenomenally gifted footballer, but he clearly does not want to be at that club and has never wanted to be back at that club. He went back there because that's where that's the only club that was offering the money he wanted and that Mino Oriola wanted. He does not want to be there. It's blatant for everybody to see. He wanted to go to Real. He spoke openly about wanting to go to Real, and Real didn't have the money to buy him that summer. So he ends up at United, and he's clearly not happy. I don't think anyone at the club is happy with the situation. So that they're gonna have, they have to get rid of him. They have to get rid of him because you just you can't build your team around a player like that in 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 this league. You just can't. Um, they have two good attacking options in Rashford and Martial, but both of them are massively overrated, and neither of them have progressed from where they were three years ago. Because they keep signing strikers to play in front of them. It's so absurd. Yeah. They went and they spent $90 million on Lukaku, well, 75 rising to 90 on Lukaku. And Debra the year before. Yeah. Do you know? And what's the point? Like, what is the point? You've got, you, you paid $50 million or whatever for Martial and decided to try and make him into a left-winger. Um, at the cost of ruining Memphis Depay's Manchester United career, you have Marcus Rashford, who there is a lot of talent there. Whoever, uh, you know, Kev, when you're a kid and you sing and you can't sing at all and it sounds like somebody strangling cats, but like an old aunt or granny tells you, oh, you have a <laughs> lovely singing voice. That's what's happened with Marcus Rashford and shooting from distance, especially from free kicks. He scored one once years ago and has been allowed to leather the ball into the stand for about three years now without anybody telling him, you cannot shoot. Stop doing that. Um, and that destroyed the Manchester United career of Henrik Mkhitaryan because he got forced out to the right and blocked Mkhitaryan's route into the team. They could have had... Mkhitaryan on one side, Memphis on the other, and Rashford and Martial through the middle, yep. which would have worked really well. Instead, they brought in Ibra, they brought in um, Lukaku, that forced two strikers wide, Di Maria, and of course, let's not forget, sitting on the bench on 400 grand a week, Alexis Sanchez. So United's problem is that they need to start shipping out all these overpriced, overpaid prima donnas who do not want to be there and they need to rebuild. The other problem is they don't have Champions League football and they have a manager that players don't really want to play for. Like if you're Kaladu Koulibaly and you're at Napoli and you decide, do you know what? I've I've done what I can do here. I'm going to leave. And Real Madrid come in for you and Manchester United come in for you and Bayern Munich come in for you. Well, Bayern are going to win the league. So that's... That's that boxed off. Champions League every season without fail, and you're probably winning the league at least four times out of five. United, no Champions League, no signs of them getting anywhere close to the Premier League title in the next five years. And a manager you don't know, because he was famous 20 years ago as a player in Manchester. He's never really been known on the global scale, bar that moment in, in Barcelona in '99. Or you can go to Real Madrid, where you might win the league every year, but you'll certainly be in the Champions League every year, and Zinedine Zidane is the manager. 
Like, they don't have the draw. It's the same as when they got Moyes after Ferguson. There's just no draw for big-name players to go there now. And they've tried throwing money at it, and it hasn't worked. So they Funnily need to enough, build. I do buy Delete's interest in Manchester United. I think I he thinks think he could any... go there and fix it. No, I, I he, well, he the thing is, right? if he looks at if he looks at his international partner and sees the impact he made on a club with the history of Liverpool, I think there's every reason to think that he could be like, I could fix that. Yeah, but I think he'd all, he's also smart enough to look at that and go, right, Virgil joined the club when they had Salah, Firmino, and Mane. And they had Jurgen Klopp as manager. The manager was in place, that's true. United do not have the manager and do not have the attack. And in truth, here's my take on the Delict United thing, right? He turned them down about three weeks ago. They then released a story saying that they turned turned him down two years ago because they thought he was going to get fat. And then a story came out that they were offering him silly money by Simon Mullock, I think, in the Daily Mirror, who has never, ever been right about anything. And he writes a lot about Liverpool, and he's never been right about anything. I don't think there's any discussions at the moment going on between Delict and United. I think it ended three weeks ago. And I think this is just, A, Rayola trying to get Barcelona to come up with the money, and B... United trying to appease their fans who went haywire when he turned them down three weeks ago. Yeah, it, it could benefit both. I'm just saying that the reason that was chosen for concern about moving to Barcelona was minutes. And that is yeah, a but, very legitimate concern for someone like him. But I, I I, don't think he has that concern. I think he thinks he walks into Barcelona as the best centre-back and starts day one. Well, he probably I, is. But he probably, yeah, he pro- well, he's better than PK. And... Now, PK might retain a spot because he's PK, but he Delict is a better player than PK is now in 2019. But if he wants to go to a club with history and he wants to go to a club where he will play, come to Liverpool. Come to Liverpool and play with Virgil every game for the <laughs> next five years. You know it's the best move for you. It is the best possible move for you. So, you know, why not? Um, the worst move he could make would be PSG. Because he'd Agreed. only be going there. He'd only be going there for money. Like there's nothing else to do there. He would play though. Um, that that back line. Oh, is oh yeah, not settled. Him and Marquinhos as a centre back pairing will be absolutely incredible. By and the way. then Tottenham could steal Kimpembe on the cheap. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that works. Were we talking about United? <laughs> we were. Um, so look, here's what's going. Here's what I think is going to happen at United this summer. They have signed Daniel James from Swansea for about seventeen million, and he, I think. I think he's a squad player for a top four team. I, I think that's his ceiling. He's in got his great defense, pace. I think his floor is Aaron Lennon. Yeah, who just a fast guy who gets to the byline and then doesn't know what to do. Yeah, that's like that's a good shout actually. But his ceiling, I like his ceiling is not Garrett Bale. I don't know what his ceiling is to be honest. Like I genuinely, he could turn into so many things. I think he ends up being. Somewhere between Aaron Lennon and Theo Walcott, which for me There's is not a squad much difference player. between the two for me. Well, Walcott, Walcott was better in front of goal, admittedly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I think that's kind of where his his level is, and that's fine. Like that's that's a fine squad player for a top four team, and it would be excellent Harry, news for Wales. Yeah, absolutely, it would absolutely like he'd be he I he would have been great for for Bournemouth or for Leicester. But I just think United's a step too far for him at this point. But I think they will be linked with a lot of big name players, and they will 
bluster and they will make on that, you know, all these players are interested in Giant Man United. I think what is going to happen, and we've already covered Leicester, but I'm so I, I think they're gonna end up buying Harry Maguire for a substantial fee of about sixty million, which is probably about double what he's actually worth as a footballer, but he's English and he's got a big head. So I think they buy him and I think they buy Kieran Trippier. Interesting. Yeah, and I think they may buy one more. I I could see Gareth Bale ending up there. So could I question mark? Is it part of a Pogba deal? Do you think Pogba is playing there come August fifteenth or whatever no. the date is this year? No, I think Pogba is at Real Madrid, and I I think that's how Gareth Bale goes Ooh, to United. That's think that, interesting because if Pogba think, goes to Real, Eriksen is stuck at Tottenham. Yeah, I think Eriksen stays regardless. I think it'll just come down to well, first of all, Real have already spent. 260 million so far this summer rising to but yes um no oh with, um, to militao militao and jovic and and rodrigo the young brazilian kid they've oh, got i forgot about rodrigo. there it is so, okay so that it's 250 rising to about 300 with the hazard deal so i think i don't think they have the cash to buy ericsson um i think the only risk you guys have on ericsson is if bayern can't get Leroy Sané or Pepe or Pepe or Kai Havertz I think they may look at bringing an Ericsson to play the number 10 role but I do think I do think Ericsson will stay and I don't think he's the type that will try and force the move I think if there's not the interest there I think he'll just sign a new deal and stay agreed as long as you and stay he said competitive that. yeah like this is the thing we'll get to Spurs. Well, you know we leave we'll, we'll get to Spurs. I think United. <laughs> this is the spend... second time we've gotten sidetracked on United. Yes. But, but you think Pogba leaves is the United part? I think Pogba part. leaves. I think Bale ends up at United, and I think they end up fifth next year. Yeah, because like we're saying, Chelsea kind of drop out of that group. Mm. Uh, but that means you do think they finish above that Everton, Leicester, Wolves class? No, no. No, I think I think I think United finish fifth. I think Arsenal finish sixth. Ooh. I, yeah, and I think Wolves potentially jump the queue. I would, but I don't. I don't think it's a permanent thing. I think it's a one season, in yeah. and out type no, job. I, but I, I could see someone either either Wolves or Leicester. I th- and I don't think Wol- I don't think Leicester have the manager to do it. But I think one of them will jump the queue for one year. Well, not to publicize this too much, but one of the ideas for preseason content was we were going to get everybody's season predictions and put them up. Yours would be very interesting <laughs> if, if that's if that's what you're going with. Would generate lots of discussion. Although to be fair, you have great opinions, so they usually do. Um, but yeah, if you think Manchester United fall down to fifth, I, I don't think I disagree with that because they're gonna. I think you're right. I think they make a managerial change next season. Um, mm. But but for this year, um, I've given them an F. They missed all their targets. I mean, it shouldn't yeah. be like that in football. But for a club their size, that's what it is. Both them and Arsenal have now missed enough. Champions Leagues, where they are in, they've started the downward slope. Yeah, that doesn't mean they can't reverse it, but I don't think either of them did this season, um, which is why I've given them both. And uh, the thing is, as well, by the time they finally realize that Ole needs to go, it'll be like Jose this year. It's too late. That's it. There may not be a manager out there. Like Allegri, I think will be off the market by then, and I think. I think Ole may end up staying most, if not all, the next season purely because they just can't find anyone that they want to bring Aren't in. Are still paying Moisen van Gaal? Yes, and Mourinho. 
Next cool. year, Manchester United will pay four managers. Will oh, pay four um, managers. Moyes might come off the books literally this year, like this season. What year did he take over? I'm not sure, but it's close. Oh, no, it's next season because 13, 14, 14, 15, 15, 16, 13, 14, 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 17. Oh, no, this, you're right. This, yeah. this is the last year of his contract. So, David Moyes. Congratulations. <laughs> you have paid a manager for six years that you had employed for seven months. Well, also, done. not to pat myself on the back, but when that hire was made, I came on this show, the first year of this show, it should be pointed out, and said that I thought he was a stopgap hire. You bring in Moyes to be the fall guy. It's just because I like boxing. You bring him in, be the fall guy, and then whoever comes in next, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. what a great guy. And when, uh, everybody was like, they couldn't make that choice with the money they're investing. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and then, the thing is, like, there was all this talk of all oh, that, you know, he didn't, he had such and such a clause in his contract, and he didn't because if if people go back to when he was signed, Ferguson got him a guaranteed contract, so he was guaranteed his money for all six years. So when he left, because they fired him, he didn't. He just took the money. They just came, mm-hmm. he was like, "Well, keep paying me, Grant. I'll go do other things. Yep, and you keep paying me." And he's since been to Real Sociedad and failed, Sunderland and failed, West Ham and failed, and now sits at home scratching himself and has been getting paid a substantial amount of money all this time. Well right. done, United. And, great, and not the way Chelsea do it, job. where as soon as you take a job, you stop getting Chelsea checks. <laughs> They've been except, doing it the whole except time. Except if you are Andre Villas-Boas. <laughs> this well, is why I love Villas-Boas. Because he, Chelsea obviously bought him from... Porto. Porto 15 million, if memory 15 is. million or something. And he knew going in. So he had a phone call with a certain other Portuguese former manager of Chelsea. Who that said, he was the translator for. Yeah. And, he, and, and Mourinho told him, make sure you look after yourself. So when he went in, he got himself a guaranteed contract. And his contract stated that they didn't pay him for the duration. They paid him the full lump when he left. So the six months he was there... He walked in, they paid 13 or 15 million or whatever it was, and when he walked out six months later, they paid him 42 million to go away. I just realized that there was a season at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club where their striker was being paid by City and Adebayor, and their yes. manager was being paid by Chelsea. Yeah. That's hilarious. Daniel it's, it's Levy is a stuff. freaking genius. We'll get back to that later. We're done with United. They get Fs. They F, don't qualify yeah. for the Champions League. That was the literally the only thing they had to do this year. They couldn't do it. Um, we're very behind because we spent 30 minutes not talking about United. Um, we'll go a little bit quicker now. Uh, I'll start with Newcastle here. It was a weird Newcastle season. Again, struggled first half. Pretty strong in the second half. Uh, also, have to eat some crow. We both do. On our summer grades for them. Because Rondon comes in. Leading goal scorer, scores 10 for the first time in his Premier League career, and it must be said he does so much more than that. Dubrovka comes in on a permanent, obviously it was on loan last year, helps them finish 7th in goals and clean sheets, as did Shar, who came in, played over 2,000 minutes, helped with all those defensive stats, scored some ridiculous goals, and showed why he was such a talent back at Basel, why everybody wanted a piece of him back in the day. 
It took Ayose Perez a while to get going, but then he finally did. I think he's stuck there. I Everybody at Newcastle and elsewhere thinks that somebody's going to come in with a big bid for Perez, but kind of t- like we were talking about Crystal Palace, I think that's how good he is. He he comes and he goes in terms of form, and so on average, I think he's at Newcastle's level. Um, Matt Ritchie was fascinating. Newcastle, who struggled creatively, took their best creator and moved him to left back, where he still led them in chances created. It is one of the most bizarre tactical things I've ever seen, and it worked. I mean, you could say that it happened at City, but very different cases. And Zinchenko didn't lead the club in chances created. Um, just It was a ridiculous fill. And I'm not even sure if they should buy a left back now. Like, that's how good he was in that role. Because they're three, if Lejeune ever gets healthy, of... Uh, LaSalle's Lejeune and Char is a really good back three, and their season turned around the second that they realized, oh snap, three of our five best players are center backs. What do we do? Um, but obviously Rafa Benitez sorted that out, got them playing really well. The addition of Almiron in January was perfect. He never got up to speed and then got hurt, which was unfortunate. Um, but he should be excellent for them going forward, offering them that creative presence in the actual attack and not at left back. Um, Kennedy was atrocious. That loan back was awful. He did really well for them last year, terrible this year. Um, so that really bit them. But all those signings, we gave that a C plus, And it was so much more than that. We did give them an A for Almiron, to be fair, in the winter. But Rondon, Dubrovka, and Schar were massive for Newcastle this year. 13th place finish, not the best, but that's still with... All the Ashley versus um, Rafa drama. There might be a buyout. There might not. There's so much swirling at the club right now. But they finished 13th in a drama-filled year. Didn't really look like going down at any stage, especially not in the second half. I've given them a B- minus because I think the squad is in a good place. And if they get investment and start throwing in money into this squad, they could really start building themselves back up into being a name in England. They could for sure, and I, I agree with your with your rating for them and your assessment of the team. My worry is that Ashley will spend the summer trying to sell and not and not do it again and not buy any players, and that that will be probably the end of Benitez there. And he is the best thing about that club right now. Um, they have definite needs in a couple of attacking spots for sure, but I like what he's done with no money. I really do. I think he's put in place. Um, a strong, a strong bed for them to build on. The kind of the odd thing during the season was Shelby, who was very, very unfortunate not to make the England squad for the World Cup, and then couldn't really get his game at Newcastle last year. Um, and it wasn't that anyone in midfield was particularly outstanding. So I'd be interested to see if he can kick back on next year because he was a big player for them last year. But certainly, I think. I think Toon have more to be excited about than nervous about. Yeah, totally agree. And for Jake, I just just hope it comes off. I just hope they sell if they actually do it this time uh, for his emotions and sanity's sake. Um, In terms of needs... They need a right back. The the uh, alternating back and forth between Monkeo and Yedlin clearly hasn't worked. And left back, I don't know. Just keep Rondon is really the main thing. Yeah. Keep Rondon, keep Perez in form. And I think one more attacking wide player and a couple of fullbacks and they'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, did you give him a grade? Uh, yeah, B minus. Same as you. Yeah, cool. Fair enough. Uh, now we'll move on to Southampton. 
we talked about it in the summer. We talked about it in the winter. Two very good, two not very good windows from them, but they did something that Huddersfield failed to do, which is they got the right manager in. They were already yeah. a little bit more talented, but Hasenhutl was the real deal. They got that sorted. You can build everything from there. Uh, aside from that one super right decision, wasn't thrilled with a lot of their player personnel choices. But what did you make of their season on the whole? Yeah, uh, disappointing until Hasenhutl took over. Uh, they looked at near certainty to go down, but I mean, anytime you employ Mark Hughes, that's the risk you run. Um, there's a lot of talent in the squad and they have no business being in the bottom five of the league. They're on talent alone, their top half team. Um, but they've had a lot of poor decisions in the market, not just in terms of buying, but in terms of selling or, or not selling. Like when they held on to Van Dyke, <clears throat> I think they thought they were doing the right thing. But it, it it's basically what started this little spiral for them um, because it just it ruined their summer transfer plans. They didn't go and get the players they needed. Um, obviously, they've they've made some good changes. Like the, and the, the young players they brought in, like Bednarak has finally kind of made a place his own, and he looks a real player. They need to sort out the right-back position next year because obviously Cedric fell out with Hasenhutl and he went on loan. They'll need to buy a right-back. Bertrand, I assume, will stay at left-back. They need to sort the left-side centre-back role, and I think that's their biggest need for next year. Is that because Vestergaard I don't rate, and obviously Wesley Hoyt got loaned out. They've got a, a decent goalkeeper there now as well, and there's talent McCarthy in midfield. Or Gunn? In Gunn, actually Gunn and McCarthy, yeah, but Gunn will be, I would assume, first choice moving forward. Um, Romeo and Hoiberg, I, I like both of them in midfield, um, and there's some talented attackers on the books. And Lamina could come back. He, he Lamina, kind of fell out yeah. of the picture this year, but he was really good last season. Definitely, like, and and I think he's the type of player that will suit uh, Big Ralph's style of play. I'd like to see them give Buffal one more chance because I think he's a very talented attacking player. Um, obviously, they've got Danny Ings secured for next year. I think they need a, a real goal scorer, though, because Gabbiadini didn't work for them. Alston can't stay fit. Shane Long's never been a real goal scorer. If they Is could get Guido a real Carrillo also came in and did not. Yeah, work. like you know, like just one of those strange buys where it seemed like they thought that buying from the fringes of a better club would work, regardless of who that player was. And he's just he's just not very good. Like so, they kept buying strikers that don't score goals. It was yeah. the weirdest thing. Gabbiadini had never scored more than ten in a season. So then you move on to Carrillo, who had never scored more than ten in a season. And then Danny Ings, who's Premier League strike rate's not particularly brilliant. I do think he um, scored 11 that first year with Burnley. Yeah, but not. I think it wasn't like four or five of them were penalties as far as I can remember. So you're not getting a lot of open play goals. But he, he's a he's a solid player. Um, it's just a bit matter of keeping him fit. Do you want to go big little? Do you, do you want them to bring in a, kind of a bigger striker? Maybe them in uh, no, Southampton. I, I, I would go Burnley for someone. I'd go for someone with more pace and movement. Okay. Um, because I think that's that type of player would mesh well with Ings. Um, I'll be interested. Here's to a question: Shane You mentioned Ademola Lookman earlier. Was he there when Hasenhutl was at, at Leipzig? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, he could be a target for them for sure. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the market. They've got. They need a right back, a left side centre back, and. 
they need either a goal-scoring wide player or someone through the middle. And I think they'll be good next year. I think they'll crack the top 10 next year. Ooh, interesting. Just like we did with the top four, who do you think that means drops out of it? Watford. Okay, absolutely fair. Unless they've signed some freaking center backs for once in their freaking life. But <laughs> we can talk about that when we get to them. Um, great for Southampton this year? Uh, oh, uh, F. Ooh, really? Yeah, Ooh. I I think a team with that much talent to spend most of the season in the relegation, in the relegation zone. zone and then the rest of it fighting against relegation, I think that's a massive failure. Uh, from the top down. I've given them a D. I think Ward Prowse finally took a step forward. Redmond finally yeah, scored goals. Like and landing on one of Gunnar McCarthy is far better than what they had before. So, um, And Fraser Forster, who just tanked. Remember when it was supposed to be Fraser Forster or Jack Butland or for, for England? And then mm. Jordan Pickford jumped both of them? Just <laughs> There was a point where England, like 1-4, to four, had the best goalkeepers in the world. Like, maybe not the top end was the best, but, like, depth-wise, yeah, that evaporated real quick. But the the injury to Boatland's ankle, he just hasn't recovered from. It was it was a, a horrific injury, yeah. which the surgeon botched the first time around, and that obviously caused major problems. Yeah, down the road. And, and he was an agile, movement-based keeper, mm. so, it, you know, some keepers could have gotten away with that. You see the same in Manuel Naur now, though. He had a similar injury. What and the heck is going on with him? It is shocking to shadowed. me that Ter Stegen is not the German one right now. Yeah, same. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, all right, well, now we're on to Tottenham, so buckle in for quite some time. Um, I'll just s- start with the end. I've given Tottenham a B, which might be favorable. We'll, we'll see what you think. Loads of ups and downs like a lot of these clubs we've mentioned today. The Champions League moments, though, will stick forever. The, the league campaign went from terrific to awful in February. The domestic cups were disappointing. But it is genuinely hard for me to even remember those because of City home, City away, Ajax away. Pretty easy to forget the final, to be honest, because we didn't do much, admittedly. But that's where the attention went. We, we were very thin. And where we put all of our chips was the Champions League. And we made it to the final. Didn't win it, obviously, but that's where all of it was. And we did it despite no signings, playing in three different home stadiums, dealing with the second most injuries in the Premier League this season, with the smallest wage bill in the top six. Like, it, much like you were mentioning Mourinho and how, in hindsight, him saying that his getting this United team to second certainly wasn't a lie, this is, for me, inarguably... The best managerial job Pochettino has ever done. Things were coming so well. We had a young squad. All of them were progressing year on year. Very few setbacks. It was all just working. And then it wasn't. And for him to have lifted us somehow to a Champions League final, still managing to eke forth as we limped on no healthy feet down the last stretch of the season. Like We talked about Arsenal. And their form at the end of the season and how it was embarrassing and how no team with that form deserves to make the Champions League. Tottenham were in the same form. We had just built the lead early enough to sustain it. But it cannot be stated how much Tottenham were just emergency rooming it down the stretch. I mean, the only player that had been able to be relied on all season 
health-wise, was Sun, who left for a month in the middle of it, hadn't had a month off of football in two years, and then got suspended for the last three matches because of a stupid red card versus Watford. Even he was gone down the stretch, which is why we drew Everton, which, if Arsenal had beaten Brighton, would have condemned us to the Europa League. But Pochettino somehow just rubbed the magic lamp too much. And in hindsight, of course we didn't have any luck left by the time we reached the Champions League final. We'd used it against City and against Ajax and to manage a win against Brighton and to manage that final draw against Everton. We had to expend every ounce of luck and skill out of the available players to get where we were. We sold Dembele who was literally our best central midfielder because he didn't want to play in England anymore because of his body. Legitimate concern, but he mentioned it in the summer, so why did we make him stay in the first place? With him leaving, we needed Harry Winks to step up and be the player he's supposed to be right now, and we needed Musa Sissoko, who has spent the last two years as the most embarrassing purchase in the club's history to turn into legitimately our best central midfielder, and they both did it. Like, I feel like it is very undercommented on how thin the margin was between us finishing top four and being in a Champions League final and us finishing, like, seventh. Harry Kane misses three months. Had never missed more than a month of a season before. Those ankles don't look great right now, to be honest. Fortunately, it sounds like he is still going to get the surgery that he was supposed to get in freaking March or April when, when that City match was. I guess it was the first week of April. Um, now that England got their early exit from the Nations League. He's hurt. Delhi regresses. Ericsson regresses. Because, and I feel like a lot of people forget to mention this, Ericsson is always awful when his future is at stake. In his contract year, when he was like arguing whether or not he should have a contract with Tottenham, he was awful the first half of the season, signed it, and literally scored or, scored or assisted in like the next five matches after he signed it. It impacts him so much. And this whole year, he's been playing for a move. And he didn't play well enough to deserve it. He might leave, he might not. <laughs> but the point remains, literally, Sun, Sissoko, and Lucas are the only players at Tottenham that improved this year. That's it. Winks stayed at the same level, maybe, maybe improved. Toby recovered what was his previous level. And literally everyone else was worse. I would argue that Danny Rose was better than he Ooh, was the then last year. year fair davis was better than rose last year but but do you see my point it yeah. is absurd it is absurd that tottenham were able to reach their objectives which inarguably coming into the year was top four in a deep cup run we did both of those we actually did a yeah. deep cup run in two competitions i know you don't count domestic trophies but we made it to a semi-final and went out on penalties to chelsea for the league cup like it is absurd to me how well Tottenham matched their objectives considering. And it was a frustrating season. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it was fun to watch. The last three months of the season, I dreaded the weekends. Because we might have fun midweek, beating Dortmund and City and Ajax, but the weekends were always awful because we had to rotate. We had to make sure that the fit players were fit enough for the Champions League. And if the fit players were playing at the weekend as well, they either weren't trying or had nothing left. Mm. And so that's why for me... This is a B, because Pochettino pulled out some ridiculous magic to get this squad to its objectives, despite many failings by the ownership, by the transfer committee, by the squad themselves, by the individual players. 
there was one man that stood above it all and just <laughs> managed to miraculously pull something out of very little, and it was Pochettino. Um, the, 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 I mentioned in our Tottenham review, my happiest moment and my second happiest moment of the season. My happiest moment of the season was when Brighton drew with Arsenal. This is domestic, mind. When Brighton drew with Arsenal, which basically meant if we didn't concede four-plus goals against Everton, we'd be in the Champions League. And when United offered a permanent contract to Solskjaer. Yeah. Because if they hadn't, all this magic I'm talking about is gone in the summer. Yeah, I mean, I I think any time you get top four and get to the Champions League final, it it does have to be a B. Um, Obviously, you played, what, four home games all season? Domestically. At your actual stadium and domestically, um, which is incredible that you managed to get top four again while playing almost every game away. It's amazing to me that your home opener at the new stadium was meant to be against Liverpool in like September <laughs> and you didn't so get into your stadium in when did you get in? Like late March? Yeah. And it was supposed to be Liverpool again, by the yeah. way. Um so yeah, I mean just I think in a vacuum a B is fair. On the flip side of that you lost as many games in the league as the three teams above you. You lost 13 games yeah. in the league, which is, is fairly shambolic mm-hmm. for a top-four team. Um, we definitely saw regressions. I thought Lloris regressed. I thought Vertonghen regressed. I thought Trippier fell off a cliff. Uh, Eric Dyer regressed massively. Wanyama, I think, is finished at the highest level. I I felt even when Kane was playing, he wasn't at the same level he was last year or the year before that. He needs multiple breaks. Yeah. um, So, I mean, all in all, a a very weird season for Spurs. Uh, Pretty clear what your need is this summer. It's in the midfield area. Two times. Uh, A whole whole new one. Um, You're probably going to need... A new centre-back as well. If Toby goes, you'd imagine Davinson replaces him as the starter and you'll need to buy a third centre-back. Sounds um, like Joachim Anderson at the moment, but apparently they're asking ridiculous money. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't pay big money for him, but... We've offered if, 25, if, they're asking 40, which... That's crazy. a lot. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but he is a good, he's a very good centre-back, so... Um, yeah, I mean, you've got work to do this summer for sure. I hope the owners will back Pochettino because I think this is their last chance. If they don't, I think he might just walk and wait for the next job to open up because, you know, there's only so many years he can spend. There's about four clubs that he couldn't call and take charge of. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, City, Atletico Madrid. And probably Real with Zidane back there. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why it's it. not Barca is because he said he'd never manage them. Not because they wouldn't yeah. have him. Um, but, I mean, if he if he became available tomorrow, you know Bayern would drop everything to oh, get for him. for sure. Juventus probably would as well. So, he, he will have options. Um, he's, he's a phenomenal manager. He really is. Um, yeah, I, I just think if you can sort that midfielder. Now, look, if Eriksen goes, it obviously changes things as well. Not too much. I'm going to be honest with you. It's like Liverpool with Coutinho. And I'm not sure I could have had that opinion before you did it, to be fair. 
Like, I, I don't want to make it sound like I've revolutionized the idea or anything like that. <laughs> but he was pretty poor this year. And yeah. his set pieces have gotten worse every year he's been at the club. Which is a concerning trend because the same thing happened to Vondervaart. But we to could replace we could replace a lot of what he does. What is well, difficult you could to replace do? Almost everything he does, if you just went and bought James Madison, <laughs> that's who's true. the closest thing to him, the work rate's a little um, bit lessened. That's that's the understated part of Ericsson's game. Is like you were mentioning with Bernardo Silva, a creator mm-hmm. should not work that hard, but he still does. But I think I think Poch would get the buy-in from Madison, and I think Madison playing with Ali for club and country could lead to very good chemistry. Yeah. Um, you get your creator and your goal scorer, and I think they did mesh really well. And of course, would you Ali go is... Madison, Lo Celso, or Lo Celso and Dombele, or Madison and Dombele? Madison and Dombele. Gotcha. It I is stunning to me that nobody's Ndombele coming at higher everybody. than fifty million for Ndombele right now. That's the only reason Tottenham are the favorites to land him right now. Yeah, as we weird. started at fifty, and no one's coming above us. It's a weird one because he's he's incredibly he's absolutely incredible. And when they said the I cost think... was seventy, I think everyone was like, yeah. That seems about right, yeah, but apparently fair. no one in football actually agrees. Um, uh, I think Spurs will be better next season just by most of the players returning to their natural level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they'll buy, and I, I I expect them to buy well. I don't I don't expect another Sissoko. I think I think they'll bring in a couple of quality starters and a couple of good squad players and um, with the new stadium next season from from day one i think you'll be much closer i mean if you look at it 10 games left to go in the season people are saying oh well it's liverpool and city and then spurs are just slightly below that and then you finish 27 points off top yeah which is quite staggering so yeah i mean you're going to bounce back, and I said I said it to you earlier. I I don't think you should write off Spurs doing really well in the Champions League again next season. I think the experience your players will take from this season, the experience Pochettino will take from this season, will prove invaluable. It, it's also put you in the shop window to a lot more players for who sure. maybe weren't considered. You like, for example, I think if you went back at Adrian Rabiot now. I think he'd be a lot more open to it than he was when you in went January. to him in February or January. Yeah. Um, and he said he didn't think you were at his level. I think if you went to him now, I think he'd jump at the chance to join. So um, for sure, I think it's. I think overall it's been a, a very positive season for Spurs. Top four again, Champions League final, new stadium finally open. Looks like there's money there now to spend. So a B is, is absolutely fair. Yeah, in regards to the signings, I don't know who who we will sign, obviously. And I mentioned Lo Celso and Ndombele like they were sure things, which they obviously aren't. What is so encouraging to me are the names that we're inquiring about. Because one of the reasons there's always so many transfer talks about Tottenham is that we touch base with every club we're interested in doing business with. And so then everybody picks that up and turn it from, they called so-and-so to, they're in negotiations with so-and-so to, they've agreed to turn, you know what I mean? It just starts that whole rumor snowball. But the fact that we've made contact on just in central midfield, Los Celso and Dombele, Fernan, uh, Bruno Fernandez, Ceballos, and Tielemans is fantastic. Mm. We we might sign two of them. Probably we'll only sign one. But the fact that that is the the group that we're pulling from this season shows the difference at our club right now. <laughs> For me, the dream window is Bergvine, Los Celso, and Dombele. That's that's the three I really want. Bergvine could, could turn into Sessegnon. 
Lacelso could turn into Madison, as we were saying. Ndombele, this is a... <laughs> actually, I want, I want to get your take on if this is crazy. If Ndombele falls through, do you not just go to Watford? Is Ducure not just a poor man's Ndombele? Yeah, but he's like a in terms very of player poor ID. man's. But a very poor man's. Yeah, but I mean, if, if you've identified is... that those are the things you need to add. I... I, I don't think you take that much of a drop-off, okay. though. I think you just... You, you go and you fix it a different way. Mm. I think Decore, like other players we talked about earlier, is at a club of his level. Maybe he could step up to like an Everton. Because at his best, he's way better, but at his worst. Yeah. Okay. That's it. How good is your good and how bad is your bad? His good can be very good, but his bad can be woeful. He's very inconsistent. I, I just, I wouldn't touch him. I think okay. if you can't get him... Maybe you go... I think Diawara, even though those ideas yeah. are different. but Or Hydera at, at Leipzig. Who we have been linked to before. Um, there's, there's, there's different ways to work around it, but, I mean, you obviously you wanted... So what, what you're saying, though, is if, you're, if you miss out on an Ndombele, you look for players of similar level rather than ID. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I think that's what you've got to do. Um, and just, you know, you recalibrate the midfield. I mean, like I said, you could just go back and try and get Rabio and make it work a different way. Um, yep. There's, Although, there's the, the thing that bummed me out, really, was um, Gundogan being offered a new contract at City. Yeah. With one year left, I was like, ooh, injury played superstar? That is that is Tottenham top to bottom. Like, those, those are the high-profile players we chase. Like, we mentioned Rabio in January. Tottenham don't get the elite player without a red flag. Um, and so because of that, I was kind of thinking good again. <laughs> but we've talked about Tottenham for way too long now. Well, we'll move on to Watford, of course. Let's fly through the last three. Cause yeah, they're... exactly. Where Decore plies his trade. Um, I've given them a C-minus on the season. Um, it's only that favorable because it looks like Dulafeu, we, we keep talking about level. Dulafeu found his level. He is mm. one of the best players at Watford. Pereira... Finally managed to stay healthy for a season. Wanted to see that for so freaking long. Um, he, what, what, what was his track? Was he Udinese, Juventus, Watford? I think so, if memory serves. Yes, yeah, um, you're right. You're so right. obviously that that Watford Udinese link always strong. But I I wouldn't have minded him when he came to Tottenham. He's another one of those players. The injuries have just kind of hampered him um, career wise. Decore Capu seems a a more than adequate midfield with Will Hughes kind of interchanging here and there. Um, so I really, really don't mind that. I don't mind their wings. I don't mind their wing backs, even. Holobos is a thug and a half, but he's good at what he does. He crosses and fouls. <laughs> that's what you get with Jose Holobos. But again, that's at that level. They, ben Foster was a good signing at goalkeeper. But the center backs, Dave, for three straight years, when will Watford wake up and realize, man, maybe we should sign a center back? When Udinese have a centre back that's worth <laughs> a decent bit of money and needs and they need some money, I think then, um, until then they're just going to roll out the same guys. It's their biggest need. It's been their biggest need for quite a while. Um, they've addressed most of the other issues. They had a, a, a good season. Um, I, I would give them a B plus because I I think getting top half and getting to a cup final, even though they got annihilated in the cup final, I think that's a very good season for them. Especially considering we nobody thought that this change of manager would prove to be um, would prove to be an upgrade, and Again. It, it, it looked like it. So yeah, yeah, I mean, fair play to them. I think I think they did 
they did very well um, this season. Their biggest need, obviously, centre back. They need to go and buy two of them. Um, yeah. You're great for them. B plus. Gotcha. Wow, I was way more negative on them. Yeah, I guess I really didn't take into account the cup final because of how bad it was. But it was impressive that they made it there, especially the way they came back against Wolves in that semifinal. Yeah. Man, it, it just is there a better match between player and club than Troy Deeney? Just Yeah, but I, I think it is time that they have to move on for, from him. Well, they're I not. Think. I mean, he's going to stay there until he retires. Oh, but they. Sh- I mean, Andre Gray showed glimpses this year. The Gray de la Faye thing kind of worked, but, did, but you're still yeah. thinking they need to, to improve there? Yeah, I'd like one more. I think I think someone that's going to actually score a lot of goals, not a lot of goals because it's Watford, but someone that could get them 15 goals would be a huge, huge addition to them. Um, Just a random shout. Sturridge. Yeah. You're getting enough from who you have. Shout. Upside play. Yeah. He's a, he's better than what they have. He'd fit really well with Gray. He'd fit well with Delefeu. Um That counterattack would start to look real good. Yeah, and I mean, he's obviously he's from Birmingham, so Watford's not that far. And he has spent a lot of his life in London and loves London, so it's obviously, you know, it, it's location-wise, it works for him. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Sturridge would be a great fit. Interesting. You heard it here first, folks. If that actually happens, I will probably talk about it for the next five years. Um, all right, now we'll move on to West Ham. Um, we talked about them in January. Uh, I gave them a winter grade of a B. You were far more condemning because I thought they made a brilliant play keeping Arnautovic to keep their season afloat, and you thought they probably should have just sold uh, the mm. first time anybody flashed the cash at them. Um, I think finishing 10th for West Ham, level on points with Leicester and 9th, just two behind Everton, um, five behind Wolves, is probably about where they were this season. I mean, <laughs> there are certainly upsides. Declan Rice coming through. Um, and looking like a legitimate player is promising for them. Uh, we mentioned before with with um, Palace and Wambasaka. Although d- don't get it twisted, Wambasaka was far better this year. But having a player come through like that is always encouraging for a fan base. And I think Declan Rice did very well uh, himself. I thought the Balbuena signing was decent. I thought he performed well throughout the season. <laughs> Arnautovic, if he was fit and bothered to play, they played well. Um, I was really impressed by Felipe Anderson for about 10 weeks <laughs> of the season. Um, we saw both the good and the bad of Felipe Anderson this season, much like you always saw at Lazio. Genuine question. Do you think he ever rises above that? Do you think he ever puts it all together? Yes. At a club where he's not the best player or the best attacking player, mm-hmm. I think he'd be exceptional. I think if I don't he... think he's world-class, but I think he could get close yeah, just talent-wise. That's, that's it. I think if he joined Liverpool... Just as 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 an example, mm-hmm. and we played like Mane to, like, on the, the right, a good organization. Yeah, if we played Mane on the right, him on the left, Salah and Firmino through the middle, and Fabinho and Naby Keita at center at in center midfield, I think, I think he would absolutely excel with that many players better than him in the team. I think it would drive him to reach their level. I, the same if he went to Spurs. I think if you had him on the left. Lucas Moore on the right. It would be so, a very, very Lucas e signing. Yeah, ex- exactly. And you look at how driven Lucas is, and the the spells of really good form he's had. And he's one of those Brazilian players who didn't quite reach the level he was expected to reach, but he's still an exceptionally gifted player. I think. I think if he went to Spurs or Liverpool, 
or even United, if they could get Martial and Rashford working as a pair. Or if, if they could they trick could... him to play on the right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And put him on the right of a front three or whatever way they work it. I, I do. I, th- I think he can. I think there's more to come from him, but I think. I don't think he can be the best player in the team. I think he has to be a supporting player, and then you'll get lots out of him. But inconsistency is the problem when he's when he's the man in the team. Um, West Ham had a an a meh kind of West Ham season. Tenth is about fair. There's good players. There's bad players. Issa Diop, I really like. It's good to see Declan Rice come through and be developed properly, given the mess they made of developing Reese Oxford, who's probably yeah. more talented. Who who was the player before him too? Ended up at Lazio. It was just a mess of a human. Ravel Morrison yeah. was at United and then went to West Ham, spent time on loan at Birmingham and QPR and a bunch of different clubs. I think he's in Mexico now. If I'm not mistaken, he was on loan in Mexico last I heard. Hmm. So, I mean, there's there's lots of positives to take for West Ham this season, but there's there's work that needs to be done as well. Um, I think they they need a striker. I think they should try and sell Arnautovic this summer. If they could get Maxi Gomez from Celta Vigo, oh. that would be great sign. How we? How on earth is this the final five-ish minutes of this show? And this is the first time we've talked about Maxi Gomez, a yeah. player that I know for a fact both of us have lusted over for at least two years. That's the thing. Like, I mean, he's better than most Premier League strikers. It's just that he's not different. to So the, the clubs we've listed as needing strikers, they have someone who profiles similar enough to him physically. Yeah. And the club, we're, we're talking about them getting someone who's a bit smaller, a bit more mobile. Um, yeah, because all the teams that need them are kind of pacier counter-attacking teams. Exactly. Um, he's he's a fantastic. He'd be a great signing for Everton if Everton wanted to play Richarlison on the, on the left and him oh, to the middle. Don't say that. <laughs> he, he would. He'd be really it good makes there. Sense. I know. If you guys sold Harry Kane and decided to try and. <laughs> rejig it all he'd be the perfect replacement we were linked to him and i was like there is literally no way <laughs> yeah if you look but at it, what happened to jansen's career path how do tottenham ever look a center forward in the eyes ever again and be like no nah, they can't you'll get it they chance. have to go and get someone really wing forwards. Young, someone 18 or 19 or wing forwards oh yep. yeah or people like son who can play wide mm-hmm. into the middle which is why marshall has um, been the dream for years but yeah that's it but, but yeah, Maxi I mean, Gomez in this United side, I mean, if you just think about that front three, Anderson, Gomez, and either Antonio or um, oh, who's who's uh, their winger that got hurt, Ukrainian. Oh, Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko, yeah. Like, that is, yeah. like, if you look at those three, and then behind it, you have a recovered Lanzini and Declan Rice. Declan Rice. And, and then in, in defense, Diop and Balbuena. Yeah. Like you still got to sort the wingbacks. Fabianski's getting up there in age, but he's still fine on his day. Like, I, I don't want to say like eighth plus, but if you sort those wingbacks, I mean, they've got a chance. They do, and, they, and but, but an I agree with you. They have to well. fix striker. I don't yeah. know if it's Arnautovic or they have to sell him, bring someone else in. But they got to sort striker. But outside of that, but but here's the problem: is isn't this West Ham every year? Every, every year, year, don't you look at the players and say this is a good squad? And then come the end of the year, they're outside the top ten. Like, isn't that just yeah. them all over? And then they sell one of their good players and buy another Andy Carroll, and that's what happens to them. I'm sorry, are you well, referring to on a Bosman Andy Carroll? <laughs> that's it. There's a, there's a number nine for you guys. They hate work. <laughs> Dude, he's on a free. Why wouldn't West Ham be All the England strikers. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so I would give I would give uh, West Ham a C for the year. Yeah, I've given them a C minus. Just be, and I'm sure their fans would give them a D or worse, just because they always think they should be better than they are. But again, as neutrals, we think they should be better than they are. That's just kind of the state of things at the moment. But I will say, Pellegrini was a good hire. There are ups, there are downs, but compared to what they have had at that club lately, Pellegrini was certainly a step up for me. Although I'm a little surprised that Yaya Toure didn't show up at some point. I actually put money on him showing up at some point this season. It's a good thing for them he didn't. (laughs) I know, but I I was just like, yeah, it's going to happen. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap up with Wolves, and we don't have much time left, which is a great disservice to them, considering the season that they had. Um, There's loads to discuss about the ownership and their relationships with agents and such but on the pitch much like City they were incredible this season Raul Jimenez and Diogo Jota especially down the stretch were incredible (laughs) oh also Dave I I really really hate to do this to you I almost did it over Twitter but I didn't because I'm nice um the argument you were having with Sam about um Neves versus Moutinho Mm. our Wolves correspondent did say that Moutinho was the better player not saying you're wrong just applying another um, opinion to the mix. But the two of them in midfield, regardless of which way you put it, fantastic. Um, I'd say the biggest disappointment for them is Adama Traore. Yeah. How many more jobs is that man going to get because he was the fastest player at Barcelona? Like, how many more? How many more clubs are going to be like, yeah, but but if he ever had an end product, he won't. He, he won't ever have he an He is end a product. track star yeah. in a f- American football player's body. If That's someone it. could teach him to defend, you might make him into a fullback. Ooh, you could make a him into like a poor man's Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Walker or if, something. If you were pacing down the left, would you want to see that man trying to stop you? No. Mm-mm. No, he's a, he's a beast. Like, yeah. Um, I, I actually, I, I really like what they've already done ahead of next season, which is, you know, complete the signing of Jimenez, complete the signing of Den Donker. Those two are already there. Built in, ready how, to go. Genuine question. Much like Tielemans, how did Dendonker fall to Wolves? I have no idea. I genuinely like, don't know. And he fell to them at a price that was half what he was yeah, quoted. I just don't get it. The year before. There are certain um, players that I know you and I both like. And when they yeah. end up at clubs like that, and we've we've already mentioned a couple of them at Leicester, Chilwell and Tielemans, now him falling there. It's just like, what? where was everyone else? If certain players don't get the move at the right time, like... For example, he stayed a year too long at Anderlecht. And and you could argue Chelman's too, so maybe that's the common thread. Yeah, but, pe- but people just moved on from him to like the next young thing, which coming out of Belgium is Sander Burge at, at Genk, uh, yeah. Genk or Ghent. I can't remember Genk. which one he's at, but he's like the next. And people sort of lost track of Dan Donker. Who's more versatile, the fact, by the way. Yeah, but not helping the fact he played a lot of his last season there at centre-back, which obviously... He stands out less at centre back and does in sure. midfield. Um, for them this summer, like for, actually, just you mentioned Thielmans. I would love to see Thielmans go there. Oof, if with a three, Thielmans, Neves, and Dendon—that's disgusting. Would be would be insane. Um, they need to sort out the defence this year. They need to go and buy two good centre backs because at the moment they have no good centre backs. <laughs> but the three mediocre ones they have work as a three. Um, and obviously Doherty can't defend, but he's a good he's good going forward. So he works as a wing back. Johnny is is okay at both ends. I think they spent too much on him, but <clears throat> they're one that reward loyalty to their 
project or whatever. So, you know. If they let Johnny just defend and Doherty just attack, yeah, it works I think that for would suit them. It does. It works for balance. Um, they've, they've done, they've been clever. They've not built in an unsustainable way. Like they've not gone and bought like 15 players and tried to Shanghai them in the way Fulham did. They've kind of brought players in in stages on loans and then made them permanent or, you know, players who helped them get promoted. They kept them involved. Um, but they'll obviously spend big again this summer. They've got Mendes doing deals for them left and right. I think they'll sign someone that will stun everybody. It could be Yuri Thielmans. It could be Joe Felix. I think they need a winger. I think that's what this squad needs. Yeah, they need it. They need <clears throat> probably another another Jota type. Mm. Well, just um, Carvalho and Adama don't don't cut it. No, no, they're not good enough. Um, they do need someone else to play on the right of that attacking three. Um. I mean, they're going to have a bunch of options because... If Tottenham goes Sessignon, maybe Bergwijn? Yeah. Yeah, he'd be a good fit for sure. Um, I mean, Herat maybe from Schalke Ooh. doesn't have the goals. I know but... both of us love him too, though. It, it, yeah. It, it, the goals have to come, right? They will. I think they will eventually. But I Just mean, the talent is so is high, but everyone's sleeping on him because of the production. Another option, maybe they go big on someone like a Leon Bailey. You know, wow, or, that would that would shock the landscape. Would, but but like would, you're saying, wolves can do it. They have yeah. the finances and the connections. They can bring anyone. Also, yeah. <laughs> I said this, uh, admittedly, drunkenly at a bar a, a couple weeks ago, that Ronaldo would retire at Wolves. Your thoughts? It's possible, right? It it is, is it possible. is as possible as Messi to City because of Bergerstein. Yeah, that's the thing. It is possible. Um, he they'll have the money. I think he would like to come back to England. I think I think he'll actually retire at Sporting, but That's I could fair. see him doing That's maybe fair. two years at, at someone like Wolves. And like, let's be honest, at the, the way the two clubs are going at the moment, there's more chance that Wolves are top four than Man United by the time that time comes around. <laughs> so, um, I like what Wolves are doing. I give them an A for their season. Hard I think to, not. to come up to come up, finish seventh, and have that record against the top six. And get to a cup semi-final. They should have got to the final, though. They should have. They, they just they, let off the gas. They thought they yeah. deserved to be there. But, thankfully, they did get into Europe. So, all credit to them. Um, I think they can all be very proud. I think, they'll, I think they'll do well again this summer. And I think they'll solidify. I think they're going to get top six next year. I think they're, they're the ones... All right, Dave, well, we will leave things off there for now. That is all 20 clubs done and dusted. Uh, if you at home would like to hear more from Dave, you can, of course, follow him on Twitter at DaveHendrick underscore. By, of course, I mean maybe <laughs> if he lets you follow him since he has a locked account, of course. Uh, but a place where you definitely can find him is over at Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. Uh, of course, Gags is over there as well who helped us. Uh, start this very podcast. Uh, they also have the Under Pressure pod. Kenny Dalgleish is over there. Mo Chatra covers a whole bunch of the financial stuff. Plenty of other really great football-related shows and non-football-related shows. They've got like TV, comics, and movies, and baseball. Um, so if you're interested in even the non-football stuff, there's still stuff for you over there on that channel. Uh, but Dave, thanks again for joining me. It was a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.